Welcome, dear listener who is incredibly attractive, has excellent political opinions, and smells terrific. You're listening to Mother May I Podcast with Danger, an exploration of the marvelous world of made-for-TV movies. Each episode, I will bring on an honored guest and delve into a particularly interesting example of the genre. This week, I'm joined by uh, Matt Worrysmith. So, Matt, why don't you say hi to the good people? Oh, hello. Matt, you may know as my writing partner, my podcasting partner, and my secret lover. But I guess, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I guess it's not that secret if I just say it on a podcast. However... No one really listens to us, so... Remains a secret remains to a this secret day. Remains a day. Our secret love is safe. Perfect. Thanks for, thanks for coming, Matt. Of course. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. This uh, is going to be great fun. It's going to be great fun. Do you enjoy being a guest rather than a, a, a stressed out, tearing your hair out host? I try not... I don't think I tear my hair out. You do. I, I've, <laughs> oh. I've worked with you many times. I guess it's just, an unconscious sort of thing. You're, I yeah, that. you're just grabbing out a handful and there's blood and viscera and it's just awful. Yeah, well, I guess I hadn't noticed. So now that you mention it, it is better to not have to do that. Uh, I'm excited to be a guest because, as I mentioned before we started rolling, uh, I don't give a shit how well this turns out. Uh, and if it Great. turns out bad, even better for me, knowing that uh, my shows don't. Sure. And that's the thing. <laughs> uh, if you bring me down here, it'll only raise your uh, your persona on the other shows where you're the uh, the heroic, valiant podcast uh, good podcast boy, <laughs> and I'm the, the bad little podcast boy. Yin and The yang. scourge. Of a nation. <laughs> History's greatest monster. History's greatest monster. It's me. It's me, the podcast boy. The bad, bad podcast the boy. The bad, bad podcast boy. So, yeah, we talk TV movies here, Matt. Are you a fan of TV movies? Uh, it's fine to say no. I'm going to say no. Great. Well, it, I would like <laughs> to pull out this document here from my briefcase that oh. shows otherwise. It does... Sh- Ooh, good, good, good gaffer work. It does show that you were... You actually were the star of a made-for-television movie. Yes, How do you I was. answer these claims? Well, I, I would say I wasn't quite the star. I, I think the record shows differently. <laughs> well, we watched the film earlier, and you may <laughs> recall my name doesn't appear in the beginning credits, but does appear second in the ending credits. Mm-hmm. The SAG-mandated second credits. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, we watched The Triangle, starring mm-hmm. none other than our good friend here in the studio right now, Luke Perry. <laughs> hey guys, it's me, Luke Perry. I just want to say I should still be famous. <laughs> Thank, thanks for coming, Luke. All right, see ya. G- goodbye. Uh, you wanna you wanna grab me a sub while you're out? Yeah. What are you? Uh, you're a chicken teriyaki sort of guy. Am I correct? Uh, only banana peppers, no bread even. All right, BRB. Thanks, Luke. So we watched The Triangle, a made-for-television movie. Uh, Starring Luke Perry and... Olivia Dabo. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for pointing that out. You're welcome. And our honored guest, Matt Wiresmith. Woot woot! Yeah, so Matt mm-hmm. uh, was a little baby boy when this film was made. Not quite a baby, not quite a boy, little baby boy. The middle ground. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Britney Spears song. I'm not, not a, girl, a girl, not yet a baby boy. Not quite a baby boy. <laughs> but that, that I sacred middle ground. I wasn't a baby, but I was a boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite what you may have thought from watching the film, mm-hmm. or maybe what uh, others have uh, lied to you about from my past, but I was a young boy, probably 10 or 11 years of age, I would guess. Mm-hmm. You would guess? You don't... I mean, you could 
just figure it out. You're right. Okay, so the film came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. So it's probably filmed not in 2001. In the year of our Lord 2000. Mm-hmm. I, I remember specifically I was in fourth grade at Swansea Public School. Beautiful school. So how are you when you're... So in 2000, I would have been either nine or ten. Mm-hmm. And in four, I, I guess it was shot probably in the spring. I was probably nine years old. Okay. Nine-year-old little Matt there you go. plays... Uh, well, we'll get to who you play. Sure. Dude, does he play a mysterious jewel thief? Does he play a ghost boy? Either of these are equally likely. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. Sure. So uh, this is a film about jewel thieves. It's yep. not. It's well, kind not. of. I, 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 I mean, there's so. a little bit of jewel thievery going on. Well, a little on. bit of jewel thieving goes on. It's like on. 3% jewel thief movie, 97% uh, ghost ship movie. Sure. So yeah. So um, I think uh, well, we'll we'll get to uh, describing the plot of this film soon. But oh. do you just want to explain how you got cast in a in a made for television film sure. starring Luke Perry? Sure. Um, a lot of my family works in film and television, as a lot of my friends know. Uh, my father is a television director, and my stepmother is a location manager. A wicked stepmother, I believe. My wicked stepmother. And by that, I mean she's wicked awesome. She's very <laughs> cool. Uh, um, and she was the location manager on this film. And they were mm, casting for nepotism. a young... Yeah, they were casting for a young nine-year-old white boy. And uh, my wicked stepmother was like, I have just the boy in mind! Uh, which is how wicked awesome people speak. And uh, and I went in. I I did audition, and uh, fucking nailed it. Or I didn't nail it, and, uh, and there was yeah, wins and again. The the powerful location manager just <laughs> steamrolled everyone else to get you the part. No, I was a I was a performer when I was a kid. I did lots of musicals and stuff like that, but I didn't really do much film and television. Mm-hmm. But I I remember my stepmother asking me like, "Hey." We need to cast the smart, the smart of a Paul boy, which <laughs> the part of a small boy. Would you come and audition? And, hey, I, yeah, and I, you're did. a you're a white boy. You're a little white boy, aren't you? And I said, well, last I checked, <laughs> <laughs> it is awful. It's powerful hot it's down here. Powerful though. hot down here in the noonday sun. Boy, I might just go up on the porch there and fix myself a mint julep it, to remind myself just how white I am. It it, it, it is inspiring that you overcame being a, a, a an, old, an old southern debutante as a child. To, I know, it was tough. To raise to being a, a white dirtbag like you are now. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the film, The Triangle. Sure. So uh, according to Wikipedia, it's a thriller television movie released August 13th, 2001. That's my birthday! It is. I swear to God. Wow. I, uh, wow. What a birth. So did you, did like all your friends come around and, <laughs> and what, turned on TBS Superstation and there was a clown Gather and a Gather around, everybody. House. Matt's in a made-for-television movie. He's in three scenes for less than four minutes of screen time. <laughs> it was directed by Louis Cheeg, director of Romancing the Stone sequel, Jewel of the Nile, and other films that are not so great. And it was filmed in Barbados and Canada. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe a little bit later you can talk about all the, the sweet Barbados tale you got. I got no sweet Barbados tale, but I did go to Barbados for... Which like, is pretty cool. It's fucking awesome. Did you meet Rihanna? I did not meet Rihanna. Uh, or, you know what? She wasn't famous yet, so I may have met maybe, her. Yeah, maybe, maybe. 2001. I mean, she was probably still she was probably still pretty big locally. Yeah. But she hadn't quite broken, broken internationally. Mm-hmm. She so was probably maybe. like mid, mid... 
mid twenties in the Barbados charts mid, at that time. Mid 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 twenties. Twenty five. Twenty four. <laughs> That's On the our, dot. That's our, uh, our. That's the difference between you and me. I think mid 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 means four. You think mid 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 means five. Well, there's only one exact middle. Sure, four. It's five. <laughs> Fuck we'll uh, we'll talk about this later. So on numbers cast. Let's uh, on numbers cast uh, with Mark Maron. All right. So here's the plot of this uh, this here uh, this here story. Um, we begin with uh, three good pals from high school. I think they're college friends. College friends. Sorry. Um, actually, the the Wikipedia page says high school, but we did just watch it, and they, they do talk about college. They're college lot. friends. So they're for sure. college friends. So we've got Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. We've got playing Stu. Playing Stu. We've got Gus, played by some dude. Canadian guy. Canadian he was also guy. on Star Stargate Atlantis. Oh, is the cool. only other credit I know of his. Sure. I also can't remember his name. So I'm, how Star- do I know that? I don't know. Stargate Atlantis is a much better thing to have on your resume than the Triangle. No offense. Oh, Matt. thanks a lot. <laughs> no offense. Was your brother ever in Stargate? Uh, Dan, I don't think he was, but my dad directed lots of Stargate. That's awesome. Both SG One and Atlantis. Oh, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, good yeah. job. Mr. Mr. Matt, I believe. That's Mr. His name. Mom. Mr. Mime. Your dad, Mr. Mime. The pokey, the, the famed Pokemon. Famous Pokemon, Mr. Mime. You know what's amazing? That he mm-hmm. overcame his being a mime mm. and also a Pokemon to be a quite a successful television director. He directed a lot of films from the inside of a Pokeball, which is he was not the easy only to do. person to do it. Sure. The only mime. The only Mr. Mime to do it. So they decide. So these three friends. Uh, we only mentioned year. two of them. There's oh, a third there's one. There's a third one, but I don't remember his name because he's the worst. According- I don't remember his name. He was a lawyer. He looks Tommy. Tommy, right. Played who- by Dan Cortez. Who who did you say he looked like? I think he looks like Ian Somerhalder. And I think he looks like Charlie O'Connell. So, so Colin, two very well known actors. Colin, uh, we've got DJ Gustavo on the ones and twos here. He is going to uh he's gonna take your calls. This is also the first episode we've recorded without DJ Tasker on the ones and twos. He is uh Missing, presumed dead. Mm -hmm. Should we give Gustavo a round of applause? Sure. Hey. Thanks, Gustavo, for taking time out of your time in the mines to come here and do some recording. All right. So. Time in the Mr. Mines. Time in the Mr. Mines. Uh, So these three friends go on a trip every year, and this year. They're going to go to Bar- uh, Bermuda, not Barbados. They're going to, yeah, they go, it was shot in Barbados and Toronto, but takes place in takes Bermuda. Place and in Chicago, Bermuda. I believe, is yeah, where Toronto's in the to. beautiful, uh, beautiful Young Street in Chicago, I believe, <laughs> yeah, is where exactly, they filmed exactly. it. Um, so they're all going to go, and it's going to be a great time. They're just going to chill. Tommy's a lawyer, Gus is a computer man. Yeah, and they don't say what Gus does. Do has a startup. He is a startup, but. But he has no money. He has money problems. So we can see him, his credit. We actually see a lot of scenes of his credit or debit cards getting rejected. And, and, yeah. And his fiance, uh, played by Polly Shannon, mm-hmm. is who comes on the trip. Molly with Shannon's sister, I believe. Yep. Uh, she's in, it comes in the whole movie and she, um, what a bizarre thing to say. She comes in the whole movie as well as the rest Ugh. of them. <laughs> And uh, and she can see that her fiance Luke Perry Stu uh, is having some money troubles. His mm-hmm. credit card is declined at the mm-hmm. beginning. Uh, Another credit card is declined. Two credit. At one point, it shows him emptying out his bank account. And he only has twelve dollars remaining, which mm-hmm. I guess is supposed to be like, "Wow, you're really poor." But I mean, that's like an everyday occurrence for me. So, well, I mean, and <laughs> pretty I, standard. Yeah, I guess. But the point is, like, he lives beyond his means. They talk about how right. she uh, like. She has an amazingly expensive uh, wedding ring from him. Right. And and when he, he tells his friends he got like this incredible boat mm-hmm. and he 
talks about how he has a lot of money mm-hmm. and uh, you know, but he don't. He don't. He's always offering to buy everyone drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, they're all going to go to uh, to the uh, Bermuda. Bermuda. They're going to go s- fishing in the in Bermuda. In Bermuda, which we all do from time to time. Uh, but he's going to. But Stu's going to bring along his fiance Julia, played by Polly Shannon. That's Paulia Shannon, I believe is her name. Yep. Um, and yeah, so they get to Bermuda. Boy, the uh, the other two are not a fan of Julia being there. Well, they didn't know she was coming. This is their boys' you know, trip. Yeah, it's their boys' trip. You know this plot. Thread never returned. This plot thread just thickened. <laughs> they never comment on this again. So we don't really even need to bring it up. So anyway, Stu and Julia go off, probably to talk about getting married or have sex. Oh, no. No, they're going to get the boat, and he says, meet me right. at the marina in an hour. Yeah. So th- this leads our, our, our little friends Gus and uh, Tommy, and Gus and Tommy, <laughs> to just wander around um, beautiful Bermuda. And... They quickly get incredibly lost mm-hmm. and ba- decide to, when they do realize they're lost, decide to backtrack into an alleyway. <laughs> right. And then they go, maybe we should ask directions. Let's just step into this person's into home. Into this person's <laughs> private home. Hey, the lights are on, but no one's home. Let's go deeper into Let's their go house. deeper into their house. They're probably not wanting any privacy in here. And what they discover is a voodoo ritual. Mm-hmm. And, and you know... I am a fan of voodoo. Huge. I talk about it a lot. I don't know much about it, but I sure do think it's cool. (laughs) Big fan. So um, they oversee this voodoo ritual. Uh, Gus, who I like to call a dumb piece of shit, (laughs) is like, oh, let me get a photo. (laughs) He says, get a photo. And right before he does that, he says, uh, oh, I've read a lot about this, but I've never actually seen one in person. Sorry, Matt. Sorry to correct you, but he does say, I've read a lot about this. On the internet, ah, but I've never actually seen it. Uh, so he goes and and takes a like pretty classic selfie mm-hmm. pose. Classic selfie, even though this is two thousand one pre selfie, pre selfie before anyone ever took a photo of themselves. This is actually the second selfie of the movie. They take a selfie on the beach. That's true. Uh, you're listening to it's, Selfie Watch. It's almost as if people have been doing this for. Ever? Forever, yep. as long as there have been cameras, and it just became this bizarre recent thing where people started getting annoyed that people were doing it. I think it's because everyone's posting it online, and like sure. it wasn't the standard way to take a picture, and now it sure. is. But I do think it was funny that there is a line, because it's in 2001, he takes a picture on his like big, clunky digital camera, and one of his pals is like, whoa, Gus, you're going digital on us now. I guess yeah. <laughs> I guess he was well known for his love of film. Right, that's another part of Gus's backstory that didn't. Sure. He got that's on the editing room floor. Unfortunately, uh, I'm sure a lot of great character work just got left. Like, I'm sure. Boy, I will. I, I we'll get to you, but I'm sure you did a lot of uh, a lot of character work that was. I spent hours well. and hours with the director just trying to figure out who this little ghost boy really was. Hey, Lewis, <laughs> what? What the fuck is the what's deal? My, what's my motivation? Am I a good little ghost boy? Am I a bad little ghost boy? Am I a jewel thief? I don't know. And we'll get you. Uh, just figure it out. Just figure it out. <laughs> and I As I told Kathleen Turner on the set of Jewel of the Nile, <laughs> figure it out. And she did as well. She did as well. She's a, she is a treasure. A jewel, you might say. Of what? Uh, Hollywood, I guess. Perfect. Great. Uh, so, uh, so anyway, they, so they are see a, for, uh, the voodoo for being for having the audacity to take a selfie with this voodoo ritual. They are cursed. Right. Well, well they take the picture and they're like, "Let's get the fuck out of here!" And they run away. And then they're like, "Well, at least we got a picture." And they look at it, but 
no other people in the picture. Where are the people, Gus? Is what Tommy says. And they're not too spooked about it or anything. She's like, where are all the people? They're, they're like, like well, I don't let's... know. All right, let's go find the boat now. Well, off to the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> where nothing wacky or spooky ever happens. <laughs> Never. So, uh, meanwhile, we found out that uh, Stu and Julia are trying to get the boat, but... Surprise! His credit card was declined again. His credit card. His oh credit no. card, which it's like a card, but it's a card. Mm-hmm. Credit card. This buy one today. Brought to you by credit cards. <laughs> Guys, have you have you noticed that your credit card is just too old fashioned? Are you always at the post office standing in line <laughs> with you, your terrible mattress? Are you ready to go digital, a la Gus? <laughs> credit card. <laughs> The Clard for you. Use the promo code fuck off <laughs> to get 20% off your first credit card. Use the promo code please help me. Please kill me. I don't want to be doing podcasts anymore. Use the use the promo code Squarespace <laughs> to get 20% off your first credit card. Anyhow. Uh credit so card was declared. Credit card was declared. Uh, was declared, and so they have to go to the good. worst boat on the lot. The Blue and Jay that is the Blue Jay, which is um, commandeered by Captain Morgan, mm-hmm. the rum man, mm-hmm. and his sexy uh, daughter slash partner. I think just adopted first daughter. Mate. Oh yeah, I guess they do say Ado- that she's an adopted daughter. She of said his. she basically adopted her. She said. Her parents died when she was young, and he was her parents' friend. Yeah. What a completely useless Unnecessary fact. backstory. Like, yeah, whatever. There, she. That's the first mate. Great. Yeah, it's Olivia Dabo. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me just say right off the bat, Captain Morgan and Olivia Dabo, two best parts of the movie. I would say the second and third best parts of the movie. After you. <laughs> Correct. Sure. We'll give you that. Um, and so they commandeer the boat. They're going to go out fishing for a couple days. It's going to be great. What could go wrong? Well, we'll find out after the break. So we're going to take a break now. (laughs) That was a very quick transition. Hello, Johnny Law here, the legal representation for Over Easy Airwaves. I'm here to talk to you today, uh, dear listener, about something very dear to my heart, sponsorship. Over Easy Airwaves is uh, is a company that is run by a bunch of poor people. So if you would like to support us, uh, either through donation uh, or maybe buying some ad space on this fine program, please go to either overeasyairwaves.com and click on the Contact Us button or shoot us an email at info at overeasyairwaves.com. We'd love to hear from you and the exciting sponsorship opportunity you might have. And we're back after a missed call there, but that's all good. Are we back? We are back. And uh, over the break, Matt and I were discussing just how much we truly enjoyed the triangle. Isn't that right, Matt? Uh, Sure. That's what we were talking about. (laughs) Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, we're we're pretty early in the film now, and you might be thinking, hey, when does all the cool stuff start happening? Where's the cream filling? Where's the cream filling in this Boston cream donut of a film? Well, let me tell you, folks. Where's the cream film? Where's the cream... Film. Sorry. In this Boston cream film. film. I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, we're back and we are talking about the triangle. Yep. But boy, nothing much has happened so far, right? But they're just ratcheting up the tension, right? Like, oh, it's just going to get real good. Well, wait, dear listener, for some descriptions of people doing very little. <laughs> Almost nothing at all. So we can probably really sail through. Hey, because they're on a boat? Sail! (laughs) 
just to uh, to pull back the curtain uh, a little bit here, dear friends. Matt and I were at a cottage this weekend where anytime someone brought up sailing, which was frequently because we were at a cottage, I would bring up the AWOL Nation song Sail, which, if you recall, does go like this. Sail! <laughs> yep. And also- And I, it never got annoying. And we parodied Jet by singing, Boat! <laughs> so, so two things you can expect a little bit more of on this podcast. So please uh, just wait for our cottage cast and you'll hear all <laughs> about that. So- our friends uh, get on this little she boat with Captain Morgan and Olivia Dabo. What was her name? It doesn't matter. Just Olivia Dabo. Much mm-hmm. like Luke Perry is just Luke Perry and you are Ghost Boy. <laughs> uh, so they they go out, go out into the uh, the briny deep. They go mm-hmm. north into the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's all pretty fun. Like they've got they've got some brews, they've got uh, one guy's reading a book about the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Obviously. Which Gus, you do when you're on he's vacation. such a scaredy cat. I, I should mention, I did forget, uh, in Gus's opening scene, he is providing us with a shit ton of exposition, uh-huh. uh, talking about a boat, the Queen of Scots, that disappeared. Right, in like the, in the 30s or something like that? In the briny deep. And among the dead were a famous actor, his wife, and his little dearly his departed little boy, boy, who at the time... Just regular boy. We have nothing to prove that he wasn't a ghost at that point as well. Except that they say he was alive and well. Did they? <laughs> they I say, feel like they said... Uh, also on this ship, the Queen of Scots <laughs> was Reginald Barrow and his son, who at the time was very much alive and well. <laughs> Not a ghost boy. <laughs> Forrest Barrow. Forrest. Oh yeah, you would know your character's name. <laughs> and I do. It's Forrest Barrow. Cool. Uh, okay, let's take a little time out. Matt, what did you do to get into Forrest Barrow's head? Oh, man. Uh, really not all that much. As you may recall... Mm, oh, sorry. sorry. I've decided we're going to do Inside the Actor's Studio now. Oh, okay, fine. Matt, thank you for coming. I'm James Lipton with a bit of a cold, which is why I'm talking like this. You said just like my impression of Luke Perry. Well, it's me, Luke Perry. Do tell us about what, how did you meet Forrest Barrow? Well, that's a very good question, uh, James. What I did... James Lipton <laughs> slash Luke Perry, please. James Luke. James Luke Picard. Oh. Hey, now. <laughs> what on earth was that? What are you, what are you it's doing? It's the actor's studio music. <laughs> Thank right. you, DJ, DJ Gustavo and the ones and twos. I approve. Never feel that you can't interrupt us with the Inside the Actors theme song. Regardless of what we're talking about. They taught you well in the minds. <laughs> So um, what I did to get into character uh, was I put on a little sailor suit. Uh, and you looked adorable. Thank you. Uh, mm. <laughs> 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 um, and uh, I sat in a makeup chair for quite a long while mm. where they put in a bludgeoning wound on my head. And that's pretty much uh, all, all I had to do to get into character. Can I... Can I talk to Forrest now? Uh, yes, of course. Hold on one second. Help me. Help me. Beautiful. I'm just a little ghost boy, but at one time was very much alive. Oh. <laughs> this the tragic classic ghost boy story. Who killed me? Watch the movie to find out. It was my father. Oh, no. Well... <laughs> Anyway, oh, that stopped that, abruptly, and, and it stopped abruptly, much as that bit stopped abruptly. <laughs> so, hey now, we are uh, returning. Ooh, oh my! What are you doing? <laughs> There's just 
Random noises. This is his first episode. Let's give him a break. Sure. Sure. But But that's the last break you get. We're going to kill you the next time something happens. So back to the film. Uh, Everyone's having a good time. Decides, hey, we're out here in the middle of the ocean. Let's have a little swim. Sure. Swimsies. Mm -hmm. What could go wrong? Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what could go wrong. Ghost boy. I appear. So Matt makes his uh, first appearance in the film besides uh, appearing in some grainy newsreel footage. On the internet. Um, on the internet. Uh, he's watching one of those internet newsreels mm-hmm. on the Drudge Report. And uh, Matt appears. Uh, he pulls Julia, Julia, Molly Shannon's sister, mm-hmm. down into the briny deep, or he tries to. I pull her leg and I say, pull her leg. help, even though I'm underwater. And 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 you and you recorded that line, correct? Underwater, yeah, it was very difficult. Yep. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what they did was they took just a regular microphone and shoved it right down my throat, mm-hmm. and that way it wouldn't matter how watery it was. And that's because there are no uh, child brutality laws in Barbados. Isn't, and that's really why they shot the whole movie. They also didn't pay me anything and kept me in a cage. And kept you in a cage with Rihanna. Could have been worse. Where <laughs> they were, they were poking her with a stick and like. We're like, give us some sweet Barbado- Barbadocian. Is it Barbadocian? Let's say Barbadocian. I think Barbadocian. it's Bation. Bation. That much, makes much more sense than Barbadocian. Barbadocian. They're Barbadites. And they're Barbadites there in Barbados. <laughs> uh, and they were like, give us some sweet Barbation, Barbadocian uh, uh, dance hall music. And, and she, she was going, hey, Mr. Songman, replay that song. And they were going, that's not quite perfect. Workshop it a bit. <laughs> and a few years later, she did. And and the rest is history, and you can her story. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, so everyone's all freaked out by this little ghost boy appearance. Uh, uh, in the same scene, also Luke Perry goes scuba diving mm. and finds at the bottom of the ocean the key, a key to room one sixteen. What does that mean? We don't know. Okay, then we don't even ever need to talk about it again. Well, we do know later, but I mean, at this point oh, in the movie, we don't know. Okay, I, I misunderstood. Yeah, were I, you watching this movie? N- no, no, and you were is, not. You were making a pulled pork. <laughs> I was making. Let, let's talk about uh, what happened when Matt, myself, and uh, our good friend Dave Handsome Haskett watched this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, I was making a pulled pork mm-hmm. uh, for most of it. Also. What happened during this film was Matt spent 45 minutes, no joke, trying to figure out the name of veteran character actor Joe Morton. Yeah, well. And we did it. <laughs> well, we did eventually. Basically, what happens is there's the Captain uh, Morgan. Captain Morgan. Captain Joe Morgan. Captain Joe Morgan. <laughs> I believe this is We should have figured it out because his name is so similar to the actor. Uh, I don't remember who plays the captain, Captain Morgan, but uh, he is the best actor in the movie, probably. Mm-hmm. But we both said, like, what, who did you say? I thought he looked like Delroy Lindo. Well, not, we didn't think we looked like him. But, but Delroy, like, if, if this was a big budget movie, Delroy Lindo would have been cast as Captain Morgan. Right. And I said, I think it's another actor, but I couldn't remember his name. And then I honestly 45 spent- 45 like, minutes later. <laughs> almost the entire movie on my phone trying to find him. And I did. And you did. Yeah. Uh, so- from here, uh, everyone's pretty freaked out by the appearance of Ghost Boy. Uh, Julia uh, Julia Stiles wants to go home. <laughs> We're just she's just trying. All she wants to do is dance. All she wants to <laughs> and have a relationship with um, Mickey Pfeiffer. How how do how is his Mackay Mackay Pfeiffer? How many podcasts can you mispronounce his name? I on? will find out in the film. Oh, full circle. Kind of. Yeah. Isn't she also the white love interest of the young in in uh, in uh, Finding Forrester? Yep. Isn't she? Yep. Oh, wow. Julia Stiles is your go-to for 
Sweet interracial love. And speaking of finding Forrester, you're the man now, dog. Thank you. You're Thanks welcome. for the vote of confidence. You're welcome. All right. So, so dear friends. What are we talking about? What are we talking about here? <laughs> so she wants to, Julia Stiles wants to go home. And uh, Luke Perry's like, well, we'll, we'll ask the Let guys. Let me talk to the guys. Talk to the guys. And the guys are not into, no, the guys are not into leaving. Uh, she still wants to go home. But then Captain Morgan has some good news. There's some juicy Marlins right under the boat. She said, we're, they're, we're, we're fucking surrounded by them now, motherfuckers, is what he says. Yep. That is the line in its entirety. And then, and and then Stu looks at Julia Stiles with mm-hmm. puppy eyes and goes like, Come on, baby. And, and Come on. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is like, all right, we can stay. And he goes, oh, I love you, Julia Roberts. You're so kind. Thank you. And yeah. then they smooch at cue the fishing music. But It's like yep. guitar. Uh, it's some great music. We were grooving hardcore as I was pulling my pork and uh, Matt was looking up Joe Martin. <laughs> we were also grooving we were also as they go fishing. Mm-hmm. But... As they're fishing, they start to be surrounded by a misty yellow haze, mm. which earlier uh, there was a radio show on somewhere that said that a few boats had disappeared in a yellow haze in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> this is what we call foreshadowing in the biz. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. I'm not in the biz. You're in the biz. Do you call it foreshadowing? No, I call it foreskinning. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yep. I think I understand Judaism now. Yep. Great. So uh, from here are, uh, so the the fog surrounds them or the haze or whatever. And their instruments go crazy. Their instruments go crazy. It's a very thrilling scene that I remember very well. (laughs) Me too. Because I watched it. I was watching And then from here, what, what appears, Matt? A ship on the horizon. Ghost Ship, starring Gabriel Byrne and Juliana Margulis. No, but when that movie came out, I was like, come on. Have any of you seen The Triangle before? <laughs> I think this they is... came out about the same time. I, Ghost Ship, I remember very well, came out after. Sure. Maybe the next year. But it was a clear ripoff. Probably yeah. a better movie. Yeah, I wonder who was Ghost Boy in that. Rihanna, maybe? <laughs> yep. You're, you're clear better. Well, anyway, uh, from here, they're like, well... So they see the ship. Yeah, it's like, well, we should probably go on this ghost boat. What choice do we have? They're saying, we can't see anything in the mist. Our instruments are fucking up. Mm-hmm. If we go anywhere, we might be going the wrong way, and that's yeah. dangerous. We'd be out to sea. Yeah. So they think, let's go to this boat and see if we can't uh, find someone there to help us, or maybe find a uh, find some tools that are working, or some instruments. Uh, so they go to the, to the ship. They go to the ship. Which and- is... Which is? The Queen of Scots. The Queen of Scots. Itself. Whoa. I know. You didn't yeah. get that until right now, I huh? did get that. I was oh, just, good. Was Thank just God. Nice, yeah. No. So this is the, the ship that uh, Gus learned about earlier. Mm-hmm. and Which disappeared, uh, uh, you know, some uh, 70 years earlier or mm-hmm. something like that. So uh, they find the captain's log and they realize that the mist is what fucked up their ship as well. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, damn, this ain't good, man. Mm-hmm. We're in the Bermuda, Bermuda Triangle. So they're like, well, we should get out of here, right? Obviously, it's what any smart person would do, which you'd be right. You would think so. But their boat is gone. Their boat's gone. It was untied. And everyone blames Luke Perry because... Because he wasn't there. He was the only one who was separate from them. That's true. Because he's a little D-bag. He is already, you can tell, he's kind of... uh, A little little D-bag. Yeah. And the other thing they find in the captain's log is 
they find a, the ship's manifesto, which says uh, it, it lists all of the jewelry that's on the ship. Mm-hmm. Because at one point, Luke Perry's like, imagine if we found a ghost ship that had a whole bunch of gold on it. Wouldn't that be sweet? And then they find this ghost ship, and it's like, just like the Titanic, for some reason, everyone going on this boat brought all of their extremely valuable all possessions. Their <laughs> I'm going on a short cruise. Perhaps I'll bring all of my diamonds with me. You never know when those will come in handy. Exactly. Um, yeah, so they're they're drinking some really old wine, mm-hmm. which is sure some April wine, I believe. It was April wine. Yeah, they were drinking April wine, and uh, and just they're kind of having a little bit of fun. But then things get spoopy, and things get spoopy fast. <laughs> <laughs> now, what is I for the listeners out there? Of course, I know because I'm quite a learned man. But maybe describe what spoopy is to other people. I believe it is just the word spooky. Said wrong. That's what I thought as well. So it's good to be uh, good to be clear. It's good to be right. Thank you, Matt. Your your host instincts just come through every time. I've got you, but I'm not hosting this show. So as I mentioned, I hope it falls to shit and any second. Now. Oh, don't worry. I think it has. <laughs> it has. <laughs> we're uh, we're all gonna be fired. Even you. Even and me. especially DJ Gustavo. Poor Gustavo. He'll have to go teams. back to the mine. Well, that's where he was born, the Mr. So. Mine. Back from whence he came, Back the shadowy deep. Yeah. Uh, so there. How so do things get spoopy? Things get spoopy because uh, Luke Perry starts having some very shining esque hallucinations where mm-hmm. he uh, he sees. I, I do not remember the name of the famous actor. The actor who the is boat. my character's father is yeah. Reginald Barrow. Reginald Barrow. So he starts to see Reginald Barrow kind of hallucinate him, but then also like. He becomes Reginald. He Barrow. starts seeing. He sees himself in the mirror, but he is Reginald Barrow yeah. in the mirror. Which uh, now is probably a good time as any to talk about how the fact that this at this point the film basically becomes The Shining on, on a boat. boat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which it's not the worst idea. I'm sure it was. If it was pitched that way, I'd been like, yeah, sure. Like, why, why not? The I work at pretty I, well. I work at TBS Superstation. Here's I don't know what they make this like for twelve dollars, twelve hundred dollars. Probably. I believe they made it for twelve fifty. Twelve fifty. Great. That 50 cents really came through in your performance. Thank you. That was all me. That's what they paid me. 50 cents. 50 cents. Luke Perry, 25 cents. Wow. Yep. He worked for scale, apparently. Good That's, for him. Yeah. Well, it was a passion project. Yep. He's like, I would like to be the second lead in a, <laughs> in a, in a ghost ship film. Well, Luke, whatever you want. I mean, you're the boss. You were on Beverly Hills 90210, after all. And, and uh, a series of other movies we talked about where he played a mystical creature mm-hmm. of some kind. He was a, a mis- mystical surfer dude on John from Cincinnati and a mystical uh, televangelist on the TV show Oz. So. And in some ways he's mystical in this movie in that he's possessed. And he also plays Mystical <laughs> In the biopic. In the biopic. <laughs> uh, called Mystical.com. It's called, I came here with my dick in my hand, the Mystical story. That'd be great. If that's a real movie, I'm doing it on this show. I don't think he has a very interesting story. But, of course, I have no idea. So, who knows? Sure. <laughs> so, uh, let's uh, let's accelerate this, uh, okay, yeah, so, this film a bit. So, things start getting spooky. He starts getting uh, possessed. And as he's losing his mind, he starts thinking, he knows there's the manifesto. He knows the gold is on the ship. He's going to try to find the treasure. Mm-hmm. So, he goes away from everyone else and he's trying to find the treasure, right? Mm-hmm. In the meantime... Everyone else is drinking the April wine, and they're hanging out in the ballroom, and they all sort of doze off. Yeah. Gus wakes up, 
And uh, we should mention this. They didn't really do a good job of setting this up in the movie, but <gasps> earlier on, I know, it's shocking. Earlier on when Gus is at work and he's looking at his computer, on the corner of his computer, he has a photo of him with maybe his nephew, maybe his son, maybe his little brother, a little kid I, named Kyle. I have no idea who that is, yeah. So it's some kid named Kyle mm-hmm. who is some relation of his. Not you. It's not me, no, but he does look like me. So mm-hmm. Gus awakes... Uh, and he sees um, who he thinks is Kyle, but is actually me, Ghost Boy, Ghost Boy Forrest Barrow. Uh, and he's like, Kyle, what the fuck are you doing here? And Ghost Boy bolts it down the hall. Mm-hmm. And Gus is like, whoa, who's this kid? So he starts chasing Ghost Boy. Hey, kid, Another he thing we, we haven't quite mentioned yet is that Gus has, throughout the movie, been taking heart medication. He has a, he has a bad heart, so he's been popping pills. And he's chasing, uh, chasing the kid, chasing the kid, and the kid runs down the hallway and enters a door, and uh, and Gus chases him down the hall and also gets to the door and then goes in. Would you like to guess what room number the door is? I'm gonna say sixty nine four twenty. You're right. It's hashtag sixty nine four twenty, the official number of Bill Cosby. <laughs> sure. No, it's it's room one sixteen. The same Whoa. key that Luke Perry found at the bottom of the ocean. But Matt, you told me that would never come up again. I know. I was lying. <laughs> I got you. You were you were a little trickster. I'm a little, a little trickster, trickster boy. Almost as much as I am a little ghost boy. Oh. And now a fully grown living man. You are a fully grown living ghost man. So ghost Gus, dad, actually. Bill hashtag four twenty sixty nine Bill Cosby. So he follows him into the room one sixteen, and it's empty. There's nobody in there. Or is there? So he starts looking Dear around. Listener. The door shuts behind him. He goes, oh my God. And then he he's trying to take out his heart medication because he's scared. And he drops it on the floor. He bends down to pick it up. And, the- and he realizes the room is lousy with ghost boys. Oh or my just, God. Just one. There's at least one ghost boy in here. And uh, so I pop out from under the bed. And I remember shooting this. Film. This is, here, let me pull back the curtain a little bit for sure. tell you about a little bit about movie magic. I was belly on a skateboard underneath this bed to shoot me out at super Whoa. speed. No, they didn't have a dolly or a wooden thing or anything built specifically for it. I assume some hip young guy who worked on set just brought Luke his Perry. skateboard in. <laughs> Luke Perry skated on the set and said, you need a skateboard, use this, you rad bastards, and threw them the deck, as it's mm-hmm. called in skate culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I pop out, I scare Gus, and kill him. He dies. And that is truly your greatest scene you've ever filmed. It's my last scene in the movie. Well, I never come back. End the podcast here then. No, 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 no. Well, we'll finish this up. So Gus is dead. Everyone's like, well, we should probably get out of here now that someone has actually died. Yeah, time to leave. Time to leave. Uh, So uh, Julia Newton-John goes to to Luke Perry, her fiance, and says, we got to get out of here. But what, 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 what has Luke Perry found? A big old bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, I just want this money or some shit. He's like, and she's I'm... like, I don't care about the money. Oh, she finally admits to him that she knows that he's having money trouble. It's like, mm-hmm. I understand. I don't care. I still love you. Which should have been obvious because she was standing with him at the ATM in the very first scene where it says he has no money. And it showed her to be like, mm, yeah. Did he think he was hiding that from her? She's been with him at every scene where it turns out the boat didn't work because the the credit card failed. That's what we in the biz like to call foreshadowing. uh, No, you're wrong again. See, this is why you should be in the biz. It's foreskinning. The correct terms from now on, please. Mm, Sorry. Uh, So he doesn't want to leave. And so 
He murders her dead. Sure. Possessed by uh, the ghost of... Oh, so I guess it's important to say that when the, when the boat went missing the first time, what happened was Reginald Barrow lost his mind mm-hmm. and killed his family and killed everyone on the boat. Sure. Right? Yeah. That is what happened. So Reginald Barrow's ghost is now taking over Luke Perry's body and he is, starts killing all his friends. So he kills his fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, with a cricket bat. Yep. Everyone dies by cricket bat in this movie, it's pretty a much. terrible, terrible sport and a terrible weapon of mass destruction. And were they playing a lot of cricket on this boat? Why was there a cricket bat? You Well, as I explained to you as we were watching this, if you are from England and you are rich, you carry around a cricket bat to uh, probably subjugate the natives of whatever country you're going to. <laughs> or the peasants on your ghost ship. If I understand British imperialism correctly, and I think I do, uh-huh. it is to... The cricket bat is a tool of subjugation. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, so he kills his uh, fiance. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar tosses her down a hole. Uh, meanwhile, all this time, uh, Captain Morgan has been trying to get the the boat going. That's that's as good a description as any for what he's been up to it's for sh- a large chunk of the movie. It's shown him like. Five separate scenes in like the big end room, just like like pulling valves and like twisting stuff. But I, I, we assume he's trying to get the engine going, right? Yeah. And uh, through the magic of of the movies, even though he wasn't actually trying to get an engine going, we believed he was. Right. It's a great performance. He, I mean, he's the he's most great. convincing yeah. guy in this movie, and he has really. And we did talk about this when we were watching it, but he and Olivia Dabo have good chemistry, and. She's pretty good, too. She's pretty good, too. And she's falling for Tommy for some mm-hmm. reason. Oh, yeah. There's that <laughs> we, subplot. We skipped over that whole subplot where Olivia Dabo falls in love with the character whose name we couldn't even remember. So, basically, uh, the next little... We're pretty much at the climax end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we both ejaculated. <laughs> where we both came. Yeah. And we said, well, no reason to finish this. And Handsome Dave was like, wait a second, guys. I haven't come yet. Let's finish this movie. And so sure. we did. In the following moments, uh, Tommy and Olivia DeBeau find that the fiance is dead. Oh, is that how you pronounce her name? I have no idea. I've been saying Olivia DeBeau all day. What did I say? DeBeau? DeBeau. I, it's D apostrophe. Did you meet her? Yeah, but I wasn't like, how do you pronounce her last name, miss? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm a little kid and you're pretty hot. She's She is banging. Yeah. Well, she was in 2001. Mm-hmm. And 15 now, years later, she's probably a real Ugmo. I... We'll agree with you. <laughs> Perfect. I couldn't decide which one was funnier, and I decided they're pretty much about the same. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So uh, Tommy and Olivia go looking for... Uh, uh, Captain Morgan. Yep. Oh, no, no. They go looking for Julia uh, Styles. who... Mm-hmm. Oh, no. There's got to be another Julia I can name. Julia Gulia. The, sure. The character played by Drew Barrymore in The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. So they find... Uh, they're looking down a shaft, and they're like, oh, she's down there. So one of them crawls down, and then the other one is looking through. Luke Perry pushes them down, closes the door. They find that she's dead, and the room is flooding. Mm-hmm. So they have to get out of this death trap. Meanwhile, Luke Perry goes to find Captain Morgan, hits him with a cricket bat, takes his gun, shoots him a few times. Mm-hmm. He's just killing everyone. And that's the end of the good character in the movie. Yep. Or is it? Pretty well, much. Let but. me tell you what happens. Eventually, uh, I don't know why I have to tell you. We watched it together. Tommy and Olivia, uh, the first mate, make it out of their death trap. Mm-hmm. He says to her, go to the dinghy. They say dinghy. They say dinghy a lot. Way folks. too many times in this movie. 
Just call it other boat. You know? Maybe uh maybe a raft. Skiff. Skiff. Uh dinghy is a good one. <laughs> dinghy would be great. They yeah. could have used that once or twice. Yeah. So he says, "Go. I'll meet you at the dinghy in a few minutes. Let me go find Captain Morgan, and we'll get the fuck out of here. He goes to find Captain Morgan uh, on his deathbed. He's dying. <laughs> He's uh, in a bed surrounded by loved ones. The priest is giving last rites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Thank God you brought your deathbed with you here to this ghost ship. <laughs> and all your loved ones. <laughs> How did they get here? Voodoo? Maybe. Voodoo. So, uh, I don't quite remember. He saw, Tommy sees him die, and then him and Luke Perry get in a big fight, and then uh, Luke Perry, they throw him off the side, he gets hung, he hanged. He gets hanged, he dies, they jump off the boat, they set it on fire, they drift mm-hmm. on the ocean for a few days, eventually they're found by the Bation, mm-hmm. the Barbad, what did you say? Barbadocian. Barbadidian. Uh, they get found by the Barbadidian Coast Guard, uh, and then it turns out that the Blue Jay went missing four As years ago. As we all know. The four Blue years ago. We find out in a voiceover that it went missing four years ago. So even That's though the, the events happened in like one or two days. It was actually four years. Four years. Wow. So... The Bermuda Triangle warps time. Wow. And that's the whole movie. That's the whole movie. So... I think we, you and I will both give our final thoughts on this after another break, but... Uh, why don't you uh, why don't you give us one more anecdote before we we, we take to the break about uh, about filming with uh, Olivia Dabo, Luke Perry, oh, uh, Julie uh, the Beatles song, <laughs> Julia Lennon is who that's about. Yeah, Julia Lennon. Uh, I think um, was her name Lennon. Uh, no. No. What was her name? DJ Gustavo shaking his head. Look it up for us. Oh, and and well. Let's say Julia Lonnen. Julia Lonnen. Perfect. Um, I, I honestly really don't have that many stories because I was a kid. I really don't remember a mm-hmm. lot of it. But I'll say this: uh, it was pretty sweet. I got to. F- I was flown down to Barbados and spent a week there for one day of shooting. Uh, we just hung out. I ate at the same restaurant every day. Uh, it was a lot of, uh, as you may have heard from what the television film industry is like. It was a lot of hurrying up and waiting and getting put in makeup and then sitting around for like seven, eight hours and then shooting for a little bit. Um, A small amount of it was shot uh, in Toronto. The only scene I shot in Barbados is the one where I'm pulling her leg Mm -hmm. and not joking, rather trying to drown her. (gasps) Uh, And everything else was shot uh, on set in Toronto. So all the stuff in the boat is a set. Uh, You know, what other stories? Not much. It was fun. It was great fun. It was a fun experience. Well, thanks for the insight, Ghost Boy. You're welcome. Uh, We're going to take a short break while uh, Matt haunts some people around here. So stay tuned. Concepts. It's a show. It's a podcast show by me, Matt, and my good friend. Nick. Here he is. It's a show about concept albums. We're going to talk about them. We're going to listen to them. We're going to, you know, talk about what they mean, if they mean anything at all. For sure. And uh, we're also going to maybe do some research on the albums. It kind of depends on our mood that day. (laughs) But yeah, check out Concepts. It's available on OverEasyAirwaves.com, on iTunes, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Mm -hmm. It's free. As are all podcasts, so don't forget that little uh, nugget of uh, great information. And get it 
without costing you a dollar on all the places that Nick just mentioned a second ago. If someone tries to charge you for concepts, please report them to us. You'll be hearing from our lawyers. Thanks, and see you next time when you listen. And we're back. Um, I have gotten some terrible news, folks. Apparently, we have said something that was, one, factually inaccurate, and two, very factually inaccurate. So <laughs> we've got Matt here with our patented retraction corner. Take it away, Matt. Hey, welcome to Matt's patented retraction corner, where we're talking about all the retractions we have to make. And the only one, because everything else we've said so far has been 100% factually mm-hmm. accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some a caller called in on the break. We found out that... John Lennon's mother actually was named Julia Lennon. In fact, it was Julia Lennon herself. She called to say, from beyond the grave, mm-hmm. uh, maybe she's still alive, actually. I have no idea. She's very dead. Don't Great. worry. Perfect. Then I feel good about saying she's dead. Um, I'd just like to say for the record that I said her name was Julia Lennon, and in fact, you guys were wrong. Did I, I don't think I... Uh, actually, now that I, I, I think about it, really only DJ Gustavo was wrong. Yes, my <laughs> what a piece of shit. I, you know what? I love Gustavo. I think he's a colorful new addition to the uh, the team here at whatever this network is called. We don't know yet, as, we, I, as I keep mentioning. Sure. Uh, but, but by the time this episode airs, you will know. So call in then and let us know here in the past. Call in from the future. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. That'd be great. If I would love to know. Beyond the Grave, also double points for you. All right, Matt. We are reviewing this film now. So I don't know if you know how it works here at uh, uh, Mother May I Podcast with Danger, but we like to we like things to be quantifiable, mm-hmm. observable, scientific. Now this better be a seven point system. It is a seven point system. It's the, the if you don't have a seven point rating system, you're wrong. God, you are seven b- is the only accurate number with which to rate things. I don't know how you cl- climbed out of the primordial ooze because you are a freak. If you don't use a seven rating system, you're a lesser being. A lesser being. And you, I believe we are legally allowed to own you as a slave. I was going to say the exact same thing. That's weird that we both went there, but uh, how let's dark. talk after the uh, after uh, the show. I have a business venture for you. <laughs> Great. About the most dangerous game of all. Hunting man? Well, we'll get to okay, that. Okay, okay. We'll get to that. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, seven point system. So um, nor, uh, in the past two episodes, uh, we've assigned, we've taken away stars for such things as the film being incomprehensible. So do you start with acting. seven and you take stars away? I I think it really does depend on the person. I start with four. That's kind of my baseline and add and retract based on because I'm reviewing a film and not an Uber driver. Don't get me started. Who's, yeah, this is a this is a thing. <laughs> Matt, just for the, the benefit of the uh, the listeners at home. We uh, Matt believes that Uber drivers, uh, you should start uh, ranking them at a three out of five. Yeah, the average of the middle mark mm-hmm. between one and five is three. How is that not average? It it is in reviewing films, but not reviewing Uber drivers. Uber is the Uber, app. the new Uber. Hubert Humphrey, <laughs> the the app when you want a former Minnesota senator driven right to your home. Perfect, Saint Hubert. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, for the app when you want some delicious when- Quebecois chicken delivered directly to your door. By Hubert Humphrey. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Silicon Valley does some wonderful stuff now. There you go. Anyhow, so seven star rating system. Um, I'll start because I feel like I know what you're going to give it. 
seven stars. <laughs> um, I'm going to give this film out of seven, I'm going to give it three. Okay. I think, and my reasons are as follows. One, it wasn't very good. You know what? Two and a half. Two and a half because it, it wasn't very good. Mostly pretty badly acted besides Captain Morgan, Olivia Dabo, or Debo, And little ghost boy little himself, ghost boy. Matt Wary Smith. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we were uh, Matt and I were talking, and it uh, when we were watching it, it does it, it looks okay. It, it's pretty competently made. There's nothing like egregiously wrong with it. It's just pretty boring. A lot of the performances are bad, and the general story is awful. Mm-hmm. So, but I think Louis Teague did a pretty good job with the material he had, and uh, I don't know it. I mean, I feel like I'm going to say this a lot on this show, but it's just it's just your run of the mill TV movie. Mm-hmm. This film, if this film had uh, shown in theaters, it would have been a bomb. It would have been a bomb, and it would have been panned. But because it aired on TBS Superstation, it's like, okay. What you think you're better <laughs> than this? Hey, you're watching the channel, you fucking schmuck. Hey, you're watching us. Hey, you're watching here. <laughs> Actually, I think TBS Superstation is based in Seattle. Despite our Brooklyn accents, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was run by Fraser, Fraser yep. and his dad and the dog ran mm-hmm. it. That's yep. what the television Mr. show, Mr. Crane, Fraser, is about. <laughs> can I rate this film now? You can. I will rate it a three, because as you said, poorly acted, mm-hmm. poorly written. The only reason I went more than you is because I was paid money to do it. That's true, uh, and it was the start 50 of, cents, I believe, and end of. My career in film. Well, that's fine. Uh, For now. No, it's it's bad. It's a bad movie, but it's not bad enough to be funny. It's just like that's we were remarking same. while we watched it. It was just boring. There I were just, just really didn't care. stretches where nothing happened, and maybe like one thing would be set up. Uh, for a later scene, mm-hmm. but there were just a lot of scenes where these like characters who are unlikable and not interesting at all just like chilling and hanging out with chilling like, and grilling. Children Grillin' was a steel drum soundtrack. Mm-hmm. At least the music was good. The music was not very good. At least there was one scene with voodoo. That's true. For That's that true. alone, I'll bump it up to a 3.5. This is something we also talked about, but why did they need to have voodoo and the Bermuda Triangle? <laughs> yeah, it's like, we disappeared in the Bermuda Triangle. Oh, I wonder if that voodoo curse is the result. Or maybe it's just that we're in this place that's famous for places, things disappearing. You like, know? has every... Like, did did the people on the Queen of Scots also piss off of voodoo ritual? Like, I bet you they wrote the movie and it didn't include that voodoo scene. And then they were like, well, the first half of this movie is nothing. You got to have some kind of hook for some spookiness. And that's the thing is there's no, there's no ratcheting up of the suspense until we get to Ghost Boy. Yeah. And then after that, it's like a mad dash of friends hitting each other with a cricket bat mm-hmm. right up until there's a shitty explosion. Which is what I like to call my Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's fine. But you should apologize. And I did. Thank you. Great. Uh, well, I, I think, uh, dear listeners, this is about where we will call it. But I'd like to thank Matt for coming on, um, helping out my uh, my struggling little podcast <laughs> with uh, giving it a little much needed star power, much needed uh, ghost boy power. Yeah, a little bit of ghost boy power. Um, he is the first ghost boy I've had on this show. Hopefully not the last. But hopefully not the last. I'd like Casper to come on. <laughs> um, 
I'd like the uh, the little Jewish boy Casper killed to be on on the show too. Poltergeist, the, the all the poltergeists, everyone from Poltergeist, um, and Mara Wilson if she'd come on as well. That'd be good. And yeah, she's she's very funny, very talented, and one of our finest ghost boys. And in what way is she a ghost boy? Uh, I believe uh, she's a ghost boy. Great. I think I think her new uh, her new book that's out uh, from Penguin Publishing right now is called Memoirs of a Ghost Boy. I'm a Twitter feminist and also a ghost boy. Uh, you can uh, you can check her out at, at @ghostboy on Twitter <laughs> and use the promo code ghostboy at marwilson <laughs> at marwilson.com to get 20% off all your ghostboy <laughs> merch. So, yeah, thanks, right. Matt, for coming. Thank you so much for having me. This is uh, probably the loosest ep of the show I have done what or did you will expect? ever do. But, hey, that's uh, That's, that's why they call me are. Ghost Boy. That's why they call you Lucy Goosey Ghost Boy. <laughs> so, dear listener, as we, uh, we come to the witching hour, midnight, of course, uh, we, uh, we, we do have to say farewell, but please remember that this show will continue on forever and ever until it becomes unprofitable. And considering it's made for no money, that will be never. <laughs> so good night, dear listener, and have a pleasant tomorrow.